podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Why did the chicken go to the seance? <laughs> to get to the other side. <laughs> okay, we're going to have to start again. Lawrence has lost it. He's lost the plot. He, he'd lost it before you even got to the punchline. Oh, I love, I love jokes about the chicken <laughs> Didn't cross it's the road, not, mate. It's not about that. Didn't cross the road. It wasn't the joke, <laughs> mate. Stop, this is stop pigeonholing all chickens that they all cross did roads you... when some of them go to seances. Did you laugh after? Why did the chicken? Is that what happened? I just, I just, I knew I was going to love it because it's just, it's just a great start. To the joke. But did you hear the punchline? I did, and I also oh, loved that. Okay, Don't good, worry. good. I was worried that you'd laughed over it, but. Okay, well we're, well, we're good. That's the first time I've ever I've ever told a joke where the, the person started laughing before I've even started, finished the joke even, or even started the punchline. Pretty impressive. Oh, I really liked it. I thought, I really, really liked it. <laughs> oh, dear, look, my eyes are watering. I really liked it. Wow. Just as an aside, oh, completely unrelated question, but Bretta, what have you been up to today? Yeah. <laughs> 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 this is bad, isn't it? I've been, uh, I've been uh, at a few wineries. There we uh, go. Late. There he is. And, uh, joke wasn't <laughs> funny. He's going to give it a one out. We'll listen to it tomorrow and be like, "That was the joke." That was terrible. <laughs> I thought I'd compose myself. I thought I'm in great. No, I'm in good shape. I'm in good shape. Don't worry. No, the listeners needed no, to know no. because this is already set up to be absolute gold. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've <laughs> never been more excited about an episode ever. <laughs> well. Are you more excited about hearing the score, though, Nate? I am actually pretty excited because I don't, <clears throat> I, I don't know if you can remember it's out of ten or not. You might be like fifty <laughs> <laughs> out, well, of the, out of the usual fifty. <laughs> well, this is kind of ridiculous because I was going to give you eleven because oh. it was. <laughs> oh wow! Wow! <laughs> Shit! So I kind of preempted I, and ruined the big, the big moment. Fuck! Sorry, right, man. Though, because I, I think Nate, uh, and this has got nothing to do with what I've been up to today. But I happen to think this is the best joke you've ever told on this podcast. <laughs> really? Oh wow! I mean, that I, I thought it was decent. I didn't think it was going to be. I didn't think it was going to get that praise. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty strong. Impressed. Wine was it? Strong wine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you sure you weren't at, at a vodka, a vodka bar <laughs> as well? Oh, oh dear! Right. Wow! Um. What a start, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Paddock, a podcast featuring stories following Formula 1 around the world. I'm Lawrence Bretto, F1 correspondent and presenter. And I'm Chris Medland, F1 correspondent at Racer. And I'm Nate Saunders from ESPN. I'd like to just point out to people listening that Lawrence did the intro basically with his eyes shut so that he wouldn't <laughs> laugh through it. <laughs> Which I've never seen before. Never seen. I can seen. only apologise to anyone listening <laughs> what is about to happen. I, oh I cannot God. wait. I, I really cannot laughing. wait. This is oh, going to be. I can't <laughs> this is an all time. Dear. This is already an all time episode. <laughs> we could finish it now, and people are like, "Did you hear that?" And they were like, "Oh, no, I know exactly what you mean." They wouldn't <laughs> even need you to finish, like, but yeah, the, the pad hoc episode. I'm trying to think of which awards kind of uh, ceremony that I should uh, send this into because it's it's a guaranteed winner. It's I'm just I'm thinking I'm wondering if like 
can we get a, get into stuff like do BAFTAs do a podcast section? <laughs> they like, well, they won't until they hear this. They'll say, you know what, guys, the time has come <laughs> yeah. for us to open up open up the Lawrence Barretto Award, which Lawrence Barretto would win the first year. <laughs> but I tell you what, for Lawrence Barretto coming up with an eleven out of ten joke uh, review, that's perfect segueing into the one review of the week. Uh, it's Ooh. a five star review. Oh, from, if it had been six stars, that would have been a perfect segue. Well, it's from, it's from C. Joseph, 571, titled, Can't Believe It Took Me This Long to Find This Pod. It says, I've been binging these episodes like I won't survive to see the end of the week. The theme song is reverberating through my ears and is permanently lodged in my head. Absolute banger. 12 out of 10. Wow. Wowzers. Wow. So, did you see him down the winery last with you? <laughs> <laughs> So that, I, I did quite like that, though, Lazzy. You go to a, a Grand Prix weekend in Australia, stay out there, and you're like, you know what I'm going to do while I'm here? Check out check out some local wineries. Just, uh, I assume today I assume today was a day off, not a not a work day, not a working F1. Well, I've never been to uh, Adelaide. Come over here to visit my sister, who lives Lovely. in Adelaide. Oh, that bit's good. And uh... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she lives in Perth, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Lazzy went to the airport. Just... Oh, you said. You know, Earth. I thought you said Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said spend the day in a winery. I feel like you guys are not helping me. No, we're not. I don't want no. to help you. I'm not giving you a get get out of jail free card at all on this. No, you you, bit, you do remember what this podcast is like, right? You do know who we are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, evidently, I've forgotten. It's all that wine. It's been that long because it's been a couple of weeks since we've done this, boys. It has. It has been, which is a big secret we'll reveal later or now. Yeah, you're, you're getting ahead of yourselves, chaps. Oh, sorry, I mean, yeah. There's only I... one thing that anyone wants to know this week that that's anyone true. wants to hear anything about. There was a Grand Prix race. There was. <laughs> a, Grand Prix, a Grand Prix race? Is that? I don't think that's the thing. Grand Prix is the race. So, true that. I, it sounds like I've been at the winery now. 51% fact. <laughs> <laughs> Only got one minute to spare. Wanna know who finished when and where? Sit back, relax, cause we got you here's Nate with the 60 second review. Good day, everyone. It's time for the actually you know what? I'm not gonna do that. That's a terrible accent, terrible impression of an Australian. This is my review of the Australian Grand Prix. Let's get around it, as they say, down under. Down under. Sorry, I, I said I wouldn't. Right, let's go. <coughs> me, 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 me. First position, I'm running out of letters for this guy in his name. The championship leader, man. He looks so good. Sergio Perez and George Russell, the lead Red Bull and lead Mercedes. Who'd have thought that? Lewis Hamilton, he is getting pretty unlucky with safety cars. He's not wrong there. McLaren's back. Maybe. Kind of. Probably just at Albert Park. But Norris and Ricardo, fifth and sixth. That was pretty sick. Esteban Ocon, quietly performing really well. Same with Valtteri Bottas. He's always up there. Gasly, we love Gasly. He loves the ninth position. Alex Albon, listen to this. That's Alex Albon whispering to his tyres. The new tyre whisperer, and his name's Alex Albon. Then he has a bunch of cats, and he, he's good with his tyres. You heard it here first. Guan Yu Zhou 11th. Lance Stroll, he was there. Nick Schumacher, he beat Kevin Magnussen. Pretty impressive. Yuki Tsunoda down in 15th. Nicholas Latifi. Nick, I love you, man, but I'm getting a bit worried about you. Then Fernando Alonso, what you all came here for. The greatest 17th position of all time. Max Verstappen, those Red Bull failures are crazy, man. I can't get my head around them. Vettel probably would have been better if it stayed on the scooter all weekend. And Carlos Sainz, man, didn't finish. He's making the pod look stupid. We had big hopes for you, Carlos, and you're letting us down. So come on, man, put your finger up. Ooh, there's a proper demand at the end of that. It was, it was a bit demanding of Carlos. I, I, I feel like that was a bit over the top, but I am an over the top kind of guy. 
Well, yeah, can't can't disagree. I mean, that was. I feel like who got off lightly there? I think Lance Stroll got off lightly. Um, he did, didn't he? I mean, he was there, and he was also the guy who drove into Latifi, so probably should mm-hmm. have probably should have factored that into into things. Um, but um, yeah, I, th- I felt like I felt like he got off a little bit lightly. Who else? Nobody else really. Everyone else was pretty pretty well yeah. covered. Actually, that's yeah. good. I enjoyed. I enjoyed you calling Albon the tire whisperer. Yeah, I know, right? That's stint on those tires. He was whispering at the tires. That's what they said. I enjoyed Barreto not understanding your Charlotte Clerk gag from a couple of weeks ago and being yeah. very confused. Basically, yeah. every time he wins, you drop letters from his name, like the commentators do. So, it's, you know, he was like Charles Leclerc to begin with. Then he won a race. It was like Charles Leclerc. And then he won again. <laughs> it was like Charlotte Leclerc. Like you could tell, like Crofty on Sky was trying to drop as many letters as possible. It's not just him. Like every British commentator does it. So soon he'll just be like, it'll just be like, and another win for <laughs> in the Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> they won't even be able to. They won't even be able to do anything. It's be a um, gesture. Yeah, yeah. It, it'll be a fragrance. <laughs> <laughs> Ode de Leclerc. Ode, Ode, Ode not Ode. 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 <laughs> I think somehow Lawrence's winery is like rubbing off on me. Maybe this is just me on a normal day. I think um, this is just you on a normal day. Okay. But. I wasn't in Australia. Um, Lawrence, what was it like being back at Albert Park? It looked mega from the TV. It was it was really good. Uh, atmosphere in the city itself um, was awesome. There were tons of merchandise stands, um, just people flooding the city, excited to be there. And then the circuit was, um, yeah, the noise was incredible. Um, it was just so good. To, that, I love that event anyway. Um, it's always a great place to start the season. But this year, it just felt like there was more people there and there was after two years of not having a race there they were just super super excited to be back um and i was super super excited to be back but i would have liked it if everyone that i wanted to be at the event was at the event and unfortunately uh they weren't were they chris no (laughs) i mean you were in australia though Chris. he was closer than i was to it he was actually in melbourne i was yeah i got there i got got there and i got got to leave so, you know, he did a great journey, went from Vegas to Australia, like on this super trip. Mm-hmm. And then what's good? Uh, well, uh, apparently I have to play this at Nate's request. So this is this is what Hollywood would do with Meadows' weekend, I thought. Christopher Medland went to Australia with a dream. A dream of fast cars, track runs, posting loads of things to Twitter and Instagram. But death is a vengeful man, and he had other plans for our boy Medland. He tried to strike Medland down. Not today, death, said Medland. He then told death about the time he was in Chicago, and the Cubs won the World Series. My God, said death. I've been around for all of eternity, and I'd never heard a story that goddamn long. Death melted away. He had fought Christopher James Medland and lost. Long live the king. <laughs> I, don't know who, I don't know who did that voiceover, but it was uh, pretty special. You should get him on more often. <laughs> is that accurate, wow. or is there some Hollywood much. creative license there? I no, feel like that's much. that's what I thought happened. Yeah, um, I nearly died and then survived by telling the Chicago Cubs story. Um, <laughs> uh, hey, it, I, I feel like that work, that is going to save your life one day. That story, because someone's going to be like, you know what, this wasn't worth it. <laughs> It's gonna it's gonna bore someone to death, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, so I landed in Melbourne on Tuesday lunchtime. After a bit of a delayed flight, but it was fine. 
Oh, yeah. Public service announcement. Sydney Airport, worst airport in the world. Just terrible. <laughs> um, really? The worst one. The worst one. Um, it's just like, yeah, don't worry about your flight. You'll miss it. Just just get a later one. Um, genuinely, <laughs> it was it was terrible. Uh, but it was fine. So I got to Melbourne on a later flight. Uh, and then landed, did some work, did my um, COVID test on arrival as well. It was negative, uh, which is a theme through this story, so don't worry. And then went for a run, ran a park nearby, because I haven't run a lot and I've been in Vegas and I'm fit. Went out for dinner, all good. Went to bed Tuesday night and was just starting to feel a bit like sore throat and run down and like there. But I was like, well, to be expected with all the travel. Woke up Wednesday, kind of more the same, but not too bad. Like grabbed some breakfast, did some more work, had some lunch. And then after that, started going downhill pretty quickly. And by like, Wednesday night, I did not sleep a wink and felt horrific, like really unwell, like fever and stuff and just, yeah, awful. Um, no energy, coughing, headaches, pains. So Thursday came around and a uh, good friend of the show, Phil Horton, Pob, uh, brought around another lateral flow test for me because I'm like, I just need to keep testing. Even though I'm, you know, I'd had COVID just over a month ago. So I was like, it's not that, but I yeah, still need to test. And walking the 10 yards to my lift to go down and get this test off him genuinely was one of the hardest things I've ever done. I was exhausted. Uh, and I got down. I couldn't I couldn't speak to him, couldn't say words to him when he, he handed me. I just kind of like waved at him and took it off him and like thanked him for, he said he was going to get me some breakfast. And I went back up in the lift and I was just like, I can't face that again. Did the test, still negative. And then Pop's like, oh, I'm back with your breakfast. I was like, I cannot come down. I cannot make it down there again. Wow. So they had to bring that up to me and I I just had collapsed in bed. Um, and I was then told I should probably call an ambulance or something, but was taking like, you know, Lemsip and tablets and things. I was like, you know, just rest to try and improve. Uh, and I got a bit better Friday morning, like through the night, I'd had a bit of sleep and I felt okay and just jet lagged and was awake early. But, you know, from four or five in the morning, Friday, I was like, I'm okay. And then from like late morning, started going downhill again. Uh, I've been struggling to breathe a bit at one point as well, which is why I like kept doing COVID tests and stuff. Um, and there's no such thing apparently as like a call out doctor in Melbourne. So no one would come out and see me. I'd done like a consultation on the phone with someone from um, formula medicine in f1 and they sent me some antibiotics but then because i'd gone downhill again friday into sat that uh, like through all of friday and then overnight friday night into saturday still really bad um in the end i was like recommended like the hotel said the same they're like look we're gonna get an ambulance out to you let them look at you know check you over do a proper consultation um spoke to like a nurse on the phone who said the same so an ambulance came out saturday morning checked me over uh and kind of went yeah look we can't do all the tests we need to hear we think you should get to hospital just to make sure they they said they thought it sounded like covid but then it was odd that i'd already just had it and they said and the good thing is you're fully vaccinated and because you've just had it like this will be much less bad than the, the first time you had it and i'm like this is miles worse than i was a month ago so I'm like well this is strange anyway took me to the hospital another pcr test negative so they were like it's definitely not covid uh, but it's some sort of virus did some blood tests um, and they were like, if these are all okay, then, you know, we'll just kind of dose you up and give you some fluids and send you home and, you know, look after yourself, basically rest up. But they weren't too happy with one of my blood test results. So they admitted me on Saturday to hospital in Melbourne. So, um, I had Saturday night in hospital, uh, isolating in a room because they were trying to work out what virus I had. And then they did a load of blood tests. They found I had a heart murmur that I didn't know I had either, but everyone seems to have those. Um, so, uh, they then came and did a load of like checks on my heart as well um just like general ones nothing like serious um just to make sure they were happy with that uh, on sunday and they were like yeah that's okay um blood results didn't show anything too bad and then uh, did some more swabs and and 
um, were looking for like viruses, but said because I was recovering Sunday, they could send me home. And because I didn't have COVID or anything, I think there were certain ones I needed to rule out. And because I didn't have certain viruses, they were like, you, you're free to travel as well if you feel strong enough. So Monday morning, I uh, got on a flight from Melbourne to Sydney, another one from Sydney to San Francisco. And then a flight from San Francisco home and got home Tuesday morning. And I was exhausted by it. So that was genuinely really difficult to do as well, was just to fly home. So I slept basically all of yesterday. And today I feel a lot better, which is why you guys are getting to talk to me. Your arms must be knackered flying back. Oh, God. Oh, dear. Dear, oh, dear. <laughs> That's, is that minus one? What? <laughs> um, mate, it, I was genuinely worried about your week, so I'm really glad you're you're back. Yeah, it was, uh, it was not... Not a fun experience, I'll admit. I was um so yeah, before we start recording this, I was we were talking about the fact so one of our colleagues, Lawrence Edmondson, tested positive for COVID on arrival uh, and had to isolate, but he's now free. And I felt worse for him because he was okay. He was just like frustrated, like he'd flown all that way, had to be stuck in a hotel room for seven days, miss the race, uh, and then we'll fly back. At no point did I feel like hard done by or something. I was that unwell. I felt that ill that I never was like, I wish I was at the track or I'm missing out on something. Like I had no capacity to think like that at all. So even like leaving, having done nothing there, didn't wasn't like a big deal. It was just like, yeah, I need to get home. So um, yeah, it was a pretty brutal week, I will admit. Yeah, sounds it. Sounds it. Did you, was it like watching, because I, I did appreciate what I thought was kind of funny was that when you tweeted to everyone saying, you know, but it felt like you felt obligated to t- like, that you felt sorry you weren't you weren't tweeting for people, which I was like, I was like, Medlin, like take just take the take the weekend. It was good you take tweeted because I guess because I guess people were like, well, what's happened to my usual feed of like news and stuff from the paddock? But I read that tweet and I was almost replied back. I was like, Medlin, that's not you've that, you've buried the lead there, mate, as they say in journalism. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the lead is you, you're resting up, and that's good. But yeah, I had I, it's because I'd had a few messages by then. I'd kind of thought about tweeting something when I was in hospital. First went in, um, but. Because Friday, I'd been able to kind of watch practice from bed and just been like, okay, um, but it was getting worse. But I was like, you know, I can work from bed, I think. And then by Saturday, I was, I was, yeah, completely off the grid. And I started getting messages from, um, yeah, Twitter followers and DMs and things, just being like, everything all right, haven't seen you post for a while or, you know, used to you covering all this. And you'd have thought, like, what I normally would have done would have been like, oh, I'm, you know, not working this weekend or something. So it would have been clear from the start. Um, so once enough people had asked, I was like, yeah, maybe I will just kind of explain it. But then I didn't want to put anything out until I kind of knew what was going on or what I was facing. So I was hoping just to tweet that I was you know, recovering in my hotel or whatever. But instead, it was after I got admitted, I had to kind of be like, oh, well, I'm not quite the wet rag that I might appear. And I have actually been admitted to hospital for this. So, yeah, I, um, I told a few people, which was which is good. I still did get one reply, I think, or one one DM where it was like, um, really sorry to see you're in hospital. Hope you're feeling better. Quick question. Like, do cars do this or do cars do that type thing and i was like take the hint dude like it, it was you know kind of it was a politely written tweet and i like that people want to know more about f1 but i was like if you're responding with sorry to see you're in hospital probably not the time to ask the question yeah <laughs> what did you tell him what do, do cars do this or do they do that i told them they do that yeah they do yeah okay yeah. interesting i'm sure we could debate that topic at some point at length yeah. Um, well, before we get onto that, um, I did get to see Barreto's face at one stage when I was not doing too badly on, I think, Thursday night when Mr. Barreto brought me around the antibiotics from Mr. Formula and Medicine Man, a guy called Darren, who 
thank you very much, Darren, um, who prescribed some antibiotics that turned out were useless, but we only found that out that he found that out too about a day later. He was like, oh, they won't be helping you actually. Um, but at, <laughs> at the time, this is the problem when people don't actually physically see you. Uh, so they don't know how unwell you are, but they also don't know like what might be wrong. They can only take it from what you say. And I'm not very good at describing stuff, turns out. Uh, but so I did see Bretto and he helped me out. So as a gesture of my thanks, I got my little gift on the flight back that he's, he's scared <laughs> to learn that he's about to see right now live oh, wow. on the paddock. But, um, Barreto, I got you some socks. Um, <laughs> with, with a burger on, with four burgers yeah, with on. With burgers on. Oh, matters. Burger socks um, from but, but, San Francisco airport. There but you, you were sick. How are you going to give them to you? you were struggling to make your way through San Francisco, and you stopped off at a shop for me. Yeah, I did, because I needed That's to, like, full, full disclosure... Uh, I didn't have any clean clothes left and I'd been very unwell in a lot of them. So I needed a clean T-shirt to fly home in. And I had a layover in San Francisco and I got told where there was a shop and I went to buy a T-shirt and I needed some socks too. And then I found this cool set of socks where they had themed ones. And I was like, you know what? Beretta would like those. Actually, I didn't know if you would, but they were they had burgers on them. So I was like, they they will do. It was my lazy stereotype for you. Um, but seeing as I don't leave Nate out, uh, he's actually already seen these. But I also got Nate. Yes. Um, JFK socks. Yeah. Oh, I love that. He's got they, look, they, look pretty, they look pretty great. So I, I'm going to wear them on the grid in Miami, I think. So if so you those... wear your burger ones, I'll wear the Kennedy ones. And Meadows I will can, wear my burger ones. Meadows will also wear socks. I <laughs> will. On the grid, yeah. <laughs> um, so that that's uh, my purchases for the guys for, I'll give to you an email um, to, say, to say thanks. Thank um, you, friend. So, yeah. Thank you. And also, well, I'm glad to hear that you're going to be in Imola because I was worried that you might not make it to Imola. Not that you what a feel-good episode this is turning into. Meddles <laughs> is fine. Glad that you're We're fat. all going to be in Imola. I'm going to have to boot Medland, as in for reasons that we didn't want to boot Medland. I was so. going to tweet. I was going to tweet during the weekend. And I was like, it, you know, this could, this could, Meddles could be seriously ill. I was going to tweet like, uh, I, I didn't mean for you guys to take boot Medland seriously. <laughs> but I was like, I was like, you know what? It's probably it'll probably go down wrong. People will think I've actually like tried to murder Medland or something. Um, Someone did put yeah. it somewhere. I'm trying to find the reply. I don't know if I can find it. Love actually. that. Um, where my, my, saying, my like, sock account. <laughs> yeah. That was like, you know, this could be the perfect uh, Boot Medland like dry run. And I was like, cheers. I'm not even cold yet. Um, <laughs> it's pretty savage, isn't it? Yeah. But uh, no, all, all, all good now. Like kind of still recovering. So um, go take it easy this week and take the weekend off. But today I'm, Today I'm working and tomorrow I'll do some work too. And then, um, yeah, hopefully be back fighting fit for Imola. And basically, though, if, if any of my content is useless or more useless than normal from now on, I'm just going to blame it on illness. So deal with it. Oh, well, you well, sound like you're back to normal, to be fair, mate. <laughs> so. And you look well, so that's good. I've been well looked after, I will admit. Um, I am. If I'm doing, I'm going to be that guy who does shout outs almost. But uh, my hotel in Melbourne were very, very helpful. Um, Brady Hotels, Jones Lane, it was, for anyone who wants to stalk. Um, but yeah, the staff there were excellent, really, really helpful. Uh, United Airlines were amazing with me. Um, like, because the hardest part of traveling back, because well, I had no energy, I was exhausted, was connecting, was like moving around at airports and stuff and dealing with crowds of people and moving bags. And um, they completely hooked me up and, and took care of me. So that was great. And uh, the better half might need a bit of mention as well. Jess has been waiting on me hand and foot. So um, yeah, it's made it a lot easier, which has meant that today I actually feel uh, semi-human again, which is really nice. 
Amazing. Well, between the pod, then we've got we've got three barely functioning humans. We've got <laughs> we've got me that's just usually like that. Meadows is just recovering, and Laz is well. I don't know what state Laz is in, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm in great no, shape. No one knows. No one knows. So. I'm having a great time on the holiday. <laughs> it looks like it. Looks like it. <laughs> Well, well, no, yeah, it, great, great that you're doing well, Meadows, and I'm actually looking forward to ribbing you about it a lot in Imola, just because that's that's what we're going to do. So, um, yeah, I think it'll be fun. I'm looking enough forward time to it. has passed, right? And I imagine yeah. we'll be back to full fitness, so it'll be acceptable. Absolutely. I don't know. I might milk it for a bit longer. No, yeah. you're too late. It's over, mate. Get, no. It's over. No. <laughs> it's gone on no. long enough. He has had some wine, hasn't he? He's normally the compassionate one. What's I know, on I know. Outrageous. I mean, okay, fine, fine. Enough about me, Barreto. Before people want to talk Formula One, screw that. What's this pod all about, really? It's a travel pod. What else are you doing in Adelaide? How long are you there for? How many more times will you be drunk? Uh, well, I can't answer some of those questions. <laughs> um, what I've done already... That is Formula One related. So I've never been to Adelaide, but I did go to see part of um, uh, where the racetrack used to run when it was here. Um, and there is um, along Hutt Street, there are a lot of um, stone handprints from drivers who did handprints at various points, um, including Michael Schumacher, Nicky Lauda, David Coulthard. Uh, so I just walked along that street and saw those. So that was pretty cool. I'm going to go see the Adelaide Crows. I'm going to see my first AFL game Ooh. Um, on Nice. Saturday. You're going to be Which counting be cool. them. What? Stone the crows. That was a bad joke, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed to try yeah. and do the joke. Luckily, luckily, everyone listening to the pod has oh, already mate. stopped listening. But that's not even the joke I made. I said you're going to be counting them. The crows, yeah. Yeah, but you said stone the crows. Yeah, I was making the joke about the name. No? Yeah, I was saying counting crows. Yeah, and I was um, saying stone the crow, which is what a lot of Australians say, isn't it? Uh, stone the crows, mate. I, 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 I mean, I'm going to move straight on. Carry on, mate, yeah. <laughs> I'm ill. Um, I'm going to more wineries tomorrow. Here it is. And, <laughs> and then fr- uh, Friday, barbecue and, and meals. Yeah, so just food and wine. That's probably what this trip is all about. Amazing. So we get, oh, and then I come back about a day and a half before I fly. So, with, a, with a hangover from the sounds of it well no because obviously i drink i drink in moderation don't i i drink in moderation guys obviously yeah your air miles are going to be pretty impressive by the end of this year i mean they are Probably. usually but you've been this has been a pretty... pretty cool couple months with vegas with with oz yeah it has been a great few weeks um and thanks to channel four for running my las vegas video in the qualifying mm. show on Saturday, which was pretty cool. Um, and having a, I had a chit chat with uh, Steve Jones and David Coulthard. As you can imagine, they are both very excited to be uh, going to Vegas. It's going to be one hell of a race. If nobody's seen that video, you need to go and find Barreto's Las Vegas promo video. It is amazing. There are, oh. I've not seen acting like it. There are good odds <laughs> now, actually. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but on Barreto being the next Bond... It's yeah. worth it's worth putting a fiver on. Yeah, that's I just one toll. If you know, this is not an inside betting podcast, but if it was, wink, 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 nudge, nudge, <laughs> Barretto for Bond. Hashtag Barretto for Bond. Um, it's all because of the jacket, mate. Yeah, it's, it's and the, yeah, you just you just fit in perfectly to Vegas. I was like, that guy 
and the way you stuff. the way you toasted you know raised a glass at the end um that was that was was a negroni i believe rather than a martini but still that can easily be transferred across in the film industry it's they just do it with tricks you know cgi well i, the CGI yeah. I feel like if i'm going to take over as bond i need to bring my own stamp and i would prefer to do a negroni have a negroni rather than a wow. martini oh and there's it's over. Never mind. Barretto. Those odds. Oh, yeah. they've actually no. Plummeting. No, the odds are they're plummeting down. Yeah, people yeah. are demanding their money back for those bets. Yeah. They're cashing out. That, oh dear. Um, Lance, did I see on your Instagram that you did um, part of the drivers' parade? You were. Oh, I did. Yeah, sat with Albon on the car. How was that? Because I've always thought the drivers' parade must be amazing at a place like that. Yeah, so I think we've got used to in, in recent years the drivers' truck forming. The yeah. drivers parade for most of the races, but in Australia, traditionally they use, um, individual cars for individual drivers, um, to spread it out around the track. So that returned to Australia with the Grand Prix this year. And I had the chance with Rosanna to grab drivers before, um, they zoomed off around the drivers parade. So yes, yeah, so I'd chat with Alex and, uh, Joe Guan Yu and, Charlotte Claire. Jeez, I almost forgot. I choked. Yeah. I spoke to the pole sitter. Charlotte who? Uh, um, not just the pole know. sitter. I mean, at that point, he was just the pole sitter, but he also uh, he, sorry, he went on and yeah. won, the, won the race as well. Lazar, did you see he that? He did, bit? but I, I, you <laughs> know, I'm good. Yeah. I didn't That's because you, you didn't know because I didn't say his name in the review earlier, so you're still confused. That's it. it. You're like, who won? Exactly. Who is this? Who is this? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. No, I think that... Um, one thing that struck me was in the first race, you know, we had the, there was that kind of fake crowd noise on the TV for some of the overtakes. Shows you just how good it is when there's an actual crowd at an event because you can hear the noise through the TV or the whole way through the race. You can just see people reacting to it. So it's um, you can't beat a circuit like that where loads of fans, especially there as well, they'd been starved of F1 for two years. So it's like going back there, a lot of those, some of those people might have been there on the tickets they wanted to use for 2020 or at least, you know, they thought they were going to the 2020 race and they had to wait two years for it. So I thought it was pretty special. It looked, it looked amazing. And the circuit changes looked pretty cool as well. I thought you could see how energized I think the drivers were that there were fans there. I know we've had races that have had big crowds through COVID or as COVID um, got better. But um, in Australia here, I just feel like they felt because Australia was coming back onto the calendar, life felt a bit more normal. I think mm -hmm. F1 and Australia just so, synonymous with each other um but i just wanted to say quickly that when um you mentioned that picture of me interviewing albon on the grid when i walked over to him so we before the um before the drivers parade we can't pick speak to all of them because there's just not enough time to do it so we have to hand pick some of them and album was on uh, one of them so i walked over to his car and he was like well why do you want to talk to me i, I i'm starting 20th i've got you know no one wants to hear from me which i thought was really sweet given obviously he then went on to um i'm not saying it's because of me yeah, there it goes. But I said to him, because you're going to have a great race today. And, you know, lo and behold, boys, he had a great race, didn't he? He became the tyre whisperer. He did, really yeah. That. So you're the... That's, that's, that's what they're calling him. <laughs> that's what they're calling him. Does that make Barreto the tyre whisperer whisperer? If he was telling him that he was going to do it? Oh, yeah. Makes that's me true. some sort of whisperer, right? Tyre do little type thing. Does that work? No, that doesn't work. Uh, uh, that, would, that would mean the tyres are talking to you and you can... I don't know. I don't know. No, they don't. But, um, but let's, I'm going to skip forward to the track changes that you meant, uh, mentioned, Nate. So, go for it. Yeah, um, another change now is that 
and we can take buggies around the track when when we do track guides. So that was exciting. So I had to go around the circuit on a buggy and Danny Ricardo was doing one at the same time and almost deliberately shunted into me for comic (laughs) value, not because he's last in, hated me. Um, So that was quite fun um, around the track. He did a couple of laps um, for some McLaren social media. Um, which was cool. And he was buzzing this weekend. I felt a bit sorry for him because he looked knackered. The number of people who just wanted to meet him, obviously, because he's the biggest show in town. But um, I was delighted that he got a good result at the end of it because it wasn't always his, uh, it hasn't always been kind to him, has it, that event? Did you get permission to take the buggy on the track and did race control approve it or did it cost you a few thousand? Oh, I had permission. Yes, I was per- permitted to take a buggy on track. So you're more important than Sebastian Vettel is what you're saying. <laughs> oh, he's thinking about it. Oh, he has a wasn't, wine. Wasn't, I, wasn't denial. In court, no I would have been taken down as not a denial. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I'm Goes to a couple of wineries, hosts a couple of F1 driver parades and suddenly thinks he's better than a four-time world champion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, first. No, I am. I am obviously definitely not better than a four-time world champion. I, I, can't, I can't tell if you're being serious now. This is no. I same. I can't either. I'm, yeah. I'm really struggling to work it out. Oh come no. on, guys! <laughs> I'm trying to be genuine here. I was wondering that about what you said about Ricardo a few years ago. I think it was before he signed up with CAA Sports. He said there was an Australian Grand Prix where he got to the race and he w- he was physically kind of exhausted because he'd been doing about a week's worth of, I think it was the year he he decided to leave Red Bull. It was 2018, I think. And one of the appealing things with with Renault, there's a lot of appealing things in that contract, but they said like less less days doing kind of sponsor events at races like that. But I wonder with some of these races like Miami coming on, I mean, Miami's just going to be insane. I think that's going to start becoming the norm for a lot of the drivers now. They just get to the, the, ra- the actual race weekend and they've done three or four days of of like non-stop media stuff especially in new venues where there's like a huge contingent of new fans coming in which is a great thing but um i think that's gonna be interesting to see how some of them deal with it because yeah like it's already a massively demanding sport and then suddenly you're like you any of them you say right you've got two days worth where it's pretty flat out doing media you know it must it must have an impact so i'm kind of curious to see if f1a does something to kind of rein that in but if they don't because it's hard to kind of rein all of that in when you have so many media, so much media attention in F1 right now, how they're actually going to make drivers not suffer from that? I think they're going to take a leaf out of Bretto's book and just have them go to vineyards on the. Yeah, that would work actually. I mean, I think that would be better content. Imagine the drivers' com- press conferences from a winery. Yeah. Um, well, Daniel Ricciardo has his own wine, doesn't he? So he does. He has a decanter and, 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 a shoe. and the the shoe decanter, which I really want. I, I I would I would kill both of you to get that decanter. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> What? Wow! I mean, probably not. Not kill. We, I'd probably pay someone bring, else. Pay someone else too. Should we bring the hashtag boot Nate back? Yeah, we yeah, I think so. Oh, maybe arrest Nate. That might be a better one. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so I don't know if you guys are the same as me, but I've I've been hyped about Ferrari for a long time. We all have. I did get a sense of dread on Monday that Ferrari are just kind of going to maybe walk this championship if Red Bull can't get their handle on these issues which i never thought i'd have about ferrari so early on where i'm like oh man like you know the clerk could just walk this because it can be boring when one car's winning do you think i'm being over the top am i overreacting or do you think that there's a chance like ferrari just kind of run away and red bull can't fix these issues and they just keep dropping points like they have been i think you're being over the top in the sense that i've just checked that that daniel ricardo decanter is worth 700 dollars 
So oh, wow. you value us at $350 each a life. Um, I so actually thought it was less than that. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, yeah, that hurts. Uh, no, I still think Ferrari are Ferrari and that they're going to drop the ball at some point. I, I don't mm. know. Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to like completely balls it up or anything like that. Uh, they're very impressive at the moment. But I just also don't think it's going to go smoothly like all year. I think there's going to be enough of a blip or two that's going to bring some pressure on or, um, you know, yeah, Red Bull might improve enough that they can start um, putting a bit of a run together. Mercedes is an awkward one. I can't quite, you know, I don't think they actually really made any gains in Melbourne. If you look at the gap to Ferrari, um, I think it's more that Red Bull came back towards them, but they didn't get any closer. Uh, and I think the lack of that kind of progress for Merck is more worrying in that, you know, it doesn't feel like I'll get a matter of time now until they might be back up there. It, it feels like they might be just kept at an arm's length for most of the season because as they make progress, you know, Ferrari will develop the car and Red Bull will develop the car. Mm. But um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried about it yet. And in the sense as well, it's just gone so smoothly for Charles so far. Like he's done a great True. job and the, and the team's done a good job with that car. But as you point out with Carlos and the way his race went in Melbourne, like there was team issues there, procedural issues and, and reliability issues. Plus, then um, Carlos compounded it with his start to the race. Like mm-hmm. it very quickly can can get away from you. So, um, yeah, I'm not I'm not too worried just yet. Come back to me in a few races. <laughs> yeah, I, I did realize I'm, I'm saying this after three races, so it's it's kind of. But that's just the feeling I had Monday, and I was a bit surprised at having that. I was like, why do I feel why do I feel dread? I never thought I'd have dread about Ferrari. It's great. I think I don't think that they're going to run away with it, but I do think picking up on what Melon said about um, them having a few procedural issues or technical issues with Carlos's car, that can, you know, could happen as much on, on Charles's side of the garage. Charles said himself that eventually he's going to make some mistakes because obviously everyone's human. So he's, so those kind of things are going to happen over the course of 23 races. And I think it will actually make it more exciting if Red Bull had problems at the start because they do seem to have a very strong package. So, if they have a bit of a gap and then they're the chasing ones, that could be quite exciting. I think Merck are going to pull it back. I think with the budget cap, they're obviously just waiting until a point in which they can bring something that they know or are very hopeful of being successful. Um, when they take it to track, it's difficult to bring stuff to Imola because it's only one practice session. It's difficult to take it to Miami because it's a new race. So things haven't fallen all that well for them in terms of the, the schedule layout. And you're not going to take it... You're not going to take it to Monaco either, are you? Really? So Spain, no. Spain has always been that place where you bring new car bits, right? Because of the fact that it's just such a good circuit to test a car. So I think you're right. That that is actually quite interesting. There's kind of because people assume that that like, why don't they just improve the car? It's like, well, it's not quite the work of like overnight. You don't just suddenly no, say, exactly. oh yeah, we 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 did this. We we you know messed around with the with the rear wing and it's better. No, you do. I've seen. I've seen Barreto did an interview for uh, F1 Manager, and it, it's, there's an upgrade button. You just press upgrade, and then <laughs> upgrade the car. Right. I'm excited about that game. I'm really oh, buzzing about too. that game. It and... genuinely, from the screen grabs and stuff that I've seen, and the way that the game is going to be shaped, and the things that you can do, and the amount of input you can have. Oh, it looks. It looks good. Yeah. I can imagine you boys just sitting on a plane, just playing it for the whole time. I, I mean, I'm, I'm obsessed with football managers, so is Medland. Um, but recently, I've kind of got myself out of the habit. There was a bit of time in lockdown I was playing it. But this could, if if this is as good as you're hinting it might be, I think it might replace football manager for, for me and for a lot of people because management games inherently are great escapism because <laughs> you always end up just dominating eventually because you just get good enough at the game. 
and you know you take like you, I, I guess the equivalent of this will be you turn Alpha Romeo into like the dominant force with Bottas. Bottas rises again from the ashes, type thing. Um, yeah, no, I'm really excited about it. it. Should should be awesome. That company that's making it do like a Jurassic Park world, like Zoo Tycoon style game, which I really want as well. So yeah, Frontier, if you're listening, give us free stuff, please. I'm just trying to work out. Say they're going to be getting a lot of your money, now, But okay, no, well, not if they give it to me for free. <laughs> I'm playing the long game here, Lazar. I think I think Nate's after. So that's two computer games from Frontier: The Canter yep. from Daniel Ricardo. There's someone else you asked for as well earlier in the episode. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, probably, probably. Oh, two new pod, two new podcast buddies because you know you guys might be might you be deceased. Us. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What else did I ask for? Can't remember. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, I should really just have a, a wish list. Um, yeah. If you want to support me on Patreon, please go. To... <laughs> <laughs> you start. You do a list like a wedding list. Whatever, yeah. like, just buy me these things. Oh, that would be a great idea, wouldn't it? Just, just things I want. There's no reason for it. Just I want this. <laughs> Can you help me get it? <laughs> help me get this decanter, or I'll kill Medland. That's a good reason to get something, right? Stop a oh, murder. Mate. True. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. Wow. We're, by the way, for anyone listening for the first time. We are friends. And please, we are please. Friends, yeah. Well, I thought we were anyway. Yeah, exactly. this episode. yeah. If uh, if two friends can't joke about murdering each other, then what can they joke about? <laughs> uh, on that note, I was just going to ask Bretto briefly: uh, Are you in the game? I'm not in the game. No. So I'm not. I'm not promoting this because I'm in the game. I'm not getting paid to promote this game. I'm not even a gamer. I hardly play computer games. But this game is excited me wow. wow that's that's actually pretty big praise because i know you don't like really games like you said at all so that's pretty big for someone I've who's been... had a lot of wine like that is yeah that is when Meta's asked you are you in the game for a second i thought he thought that you'd been sucked into the game like jumanji and you were waiting for somebody to like roll some dice and get you out of it i mean that um, would be you were coming to us live Terrifying. I mean, imagine being stuck in an F1 management game. You'd just be, you'd just be in strategy meetings all day, but like, this is really <laughs> <laughs> Like, the game part of it would be great, but you'd be like, I'm, I've literally been in this meeting for 400 days. You're just waiting for someone somewhere to roll a six, <laughs> and they keep getting a five, keep getting a seven, and you're like, come on! Now now I've got this image of Mike Crack listening to this episode and suddenly going like, that is my life. <laughs> yeah, he's like... Just yeah, he's like, why are, they, why, why are they talking about this game? <laughs> Sounds like life. <laughs> Oh, chaps. Well, I'm going to call it there, if that's okay. Not that I that's haven't enjoyed chatting to both of you. Um, let's leave it on a high point, since as this episode started on such a high point with, obviously, and, you know, we've done this for, what, 42 minutes or so, and I still think it was the best joke, Nate, that you've 11 ever 11 out of 10. Part. I'm honestly, I don't know where we go from there. I think maybe, I guess maybe we'll have to start rating something else. I, I don't know. <laughs> No, we Madison's just keep near death experience. No, we just Madison. we just keep going. Mate. Yeah, and actually, you, this you just... we did promise once to do a drunk episode. This is the closest we've got to one, so I respect <laughs> that. One third uh-huh. of a drunk episode. Maybe each of us could have. You know, like if you ever watch Scrubs, they would have one episode every so often in somebody else's viewpoint. They'd have special episodes. So this could be like Lawrence gets a drunk episode, Meadows gets a drunk episode, I get a drunk episode, or I get a sober episode, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would be very interested to hear an, a drunk episode with you, Nate, because a sober it... episode with you is quite entertaining. Yeah, I mean, that could be could be kind. I mean, Miami, let's, let's just do that there. That sounds like drunk episode potential, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, we, could, we could do we could do a live one there. You're right. We could, we could do. 
could do. Maybe we should moment. do one one day. One day we should do one with other people there, other than Lawrence Edmondson. Oh, like a live crowd. Like a live crowd, maybe. I don't know if people want that. It's the drink. People want. Mate. Oh, people want that. People need that as well. They don't just want it. They need it. Well, if you do, then you can let us know at the Paddock on Twitter. And you can listen to us again and again and again on all, wherever you get your podcasts. Please remember to hit the subscribe button. Um, you can read Medis' work on racer.com, Nate's work on esgo.com, and my work on f1.com. We'll do this again very, very soon. Oh, there was a point at which I didn't think I was going to be able to do that. I was going to say, well done, mate. You did, you, you did, you did, you did yourself proud. Bye. Bye. Network.